0: happening interviews scheduled as the cardinals look to fill that office vacated by Cliff Kingsbury after a disappointing season and here to give us uh, some insight on another candidate from San Francisco, their defensive coordinator D'Amico Ryans. We will talk with Matt Mayoko from NBC Sports Bay Area, one of the hosts of the 49ers Talk podcast. He joins us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Matt, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate it.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure. How are you guys doing this morning?
0: Doing well. Uh, We're in a much different place in Arizona football-wise than you are in the Bay Area. We'll get into the the, the playoff game coming up, but uh, uh, in your mind, and 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 covering D'Amico Ryan's the last couple years as a defensive coordinator, he's an up and comer. He's a hot name, a hot commodity. He's doing a lot of interviews. How ready do you think he is to be an NFL head coach?
1: I, uh, you know, it all depends on what kind of staff he can put together. You know, obviously he's a defensive guy. Played in the league a long time. He's a young guy. He hasn't been coaching all that long, but he, he's. Uh, I mean he will be a head coach at some point. point and it's just a matter of basically my guess is probably when he wants to be a head coach. And I think he's going to be yeah, I don't think he's just gonna jump at the first opportunity. Last year he had a second interview uh set up with the the Vikings, or at least they wanted him to come in for a second interview, and he declined and said, you know what? I think I have more to learn. Uh, I want to return back to the 49ers and, you know, do this on my terms. And so that's what he did. And, and his stock has only increased. He's, he's an impressive guy. There's no question about it. Um, you know, in talking to Nick Bosa, he says that he's never been around a coach as good as D'Amico Ryan's. And it's what he pointed to was his ability to just relate to play players, he has that kind of innate sense of how hard to push, when to back off, you know, when to when to get in somebody's face, when to pat him on the back. He said he's never been around a coach who just knows, uh, just has such a good feel for being able to relate to people and get the most out of them. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a big D'Amico Ryans fan. I don't know. You know, like I said, I mean, I think a lot of this comes down to when you get in that room and you start talking to a potential employer, what's your plan? You know, who's going to be your offensive coordinator? Uh, you know, who are going to be your, your position coaches? You know, what's your overall plan for the organization? That part, I, I I have a really good sense that, you know, D'Amico is going to crush all that, that part of it. You know, he, he works well with people. Um, he's he's at some point I, I, you know he's going to be a head coach he's going to be a successful head coach it's just a matter of a win yeah it, it, what's interesting to me now it, it seems like a lot of guys in the 49ers organization now are, are being coveted the way that people once looked at Sean McVay's coaching tree and that kind of thing and and it's it's a credit to what obviously the 49ers have built um, how do you draw the line between the transcendent talent the 49ers have particularly on defense and and D'Amico Ryan's skill um, at as it might extrapolate to being a head coach? Yeah, I mean, that's it, a great question. I mean, there's no question that, you know, the, the coaches generally on the better teams get looked at. But I I don't know that, you know, when I think about D'Amico Ryans as a head coach, I'm not thinking of him from the X's and O's standpoint. You know, there are certain things that, you know, some guys like, uh, Kyle Siani, for instance, when when he became a head coaching candidate and and the Forty hired him, it wasn't. I mean it was because he brought with him a great offense, and he was the, had the x's and o part just absolutely nailed and then I think because of that, because of the respect he had around the league, he was able to bring great coaches in with him uh the forty ers have created this culture though i mean you talk about the coaches also you know the executives i mean they just had you know the director of player personnel yeah. become a general manager they just they had last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or two years ago, I guess it was, you know, a, an executive become a general manager. I mean, they've had, they, they just throughout the organization, they built this really good culture of exclusivity or not, not exclusivity, but inclusive. I mean, everybody's has a, has a hand in, in the operation. Everybody has a voice. And so for tomico, I don't think it's i i mean his attractiveness as a head coaching candidate goes far beyond the the defense that he coached, you know the players that he coached. it goes far beyond the free airs holding the number one you know defense in the league and both yards allowed and, and points allowed. To me, it's it's what he can bring to the organization as a CEO type. And I think that that's the part that uh, will get him in the door and will have him knock down the door and become a head coaching, not not only candidate, but he'll become a head coach. You know, sooner than later.
0: Matt Mayoka, NBC Sports, Bay Area, our guest here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Dan and I were just talking about it during the commercial break before you joined us about just the timing of everything and how it works in the NFL. And here the 49ers are two steps away from, from a Super Bowl berth, and yet their defensive coordinator is interviewing with everybody under the sun for a head coaching position. Yeah, uh, and I don't blame D'Amico Ryans for people being yeah. interested
1: in him, but do you think that timetable, that calendar needs to change, Matt? Yeah, you know it does, but I don't know what the solution is. I mean, do you just tell teams that you know? Do you make it a rule that you can't have any head coaching interviews until the season is over? Because if you're able to to do head coaching interviews with some guys and not others, yeah. that put the you know the the group of the others at an extreme disadvantage. You know, teams want to know where they're going. They want to know, uh, you know, they want to be able to strike and and get done what they want to get done. So I don't know what the solution is. I mean, the, the 49ers uh, are certainly in that boat right now with Domico Ryans. But you know what? Their opponent, the Dallas Cowboys, they're in that same boat too. Deanne yeah. Quinn is interviewing for jobs as well. And I know uh Domico hasn't necessarily gotten into – you know all of everything about how he how this preparation has impacted him. I know you know the interviews. He had an interview last night uh, with the Broncos on um, a, a little bit of an earlier night. Most of the the coaches get done pretty early on Thursday, and then he has another one today. Um, and so it's, Friday is a, a lighter day. Yeah. One of the things that Dan Quinn talked about though was that. He does all of his preparation for these interviews in the offseason because he knows that, you know, he figures that he's going to get head coaching interviews and he also figures that the Cowboys are going to be in the playoffs. So all the preparation he did was in the offseason and this isn't like this cram session of. You know oh, I better rush through this game plan preparation, and you know how how are we going to defend uh Jack Prescott and c d lamb and, and let me start uh making some phone calls and seeing who I can bring with me as my offensive coordinator you know th- these are this is preparation that's that's taken you know has been months and months and months in the making, so i, I you know I understand um uh, how awkward it is and how demanding it is especially this time of year with teams that are still in the playoffs but i i don't i'm not sure what the solution would be yeah let me last question for you matt you know it's it's kind of ironic for a team that used all that draft capital to to jump up and get trey lance and now you guys are rolling with mr irrelevant (laughs) what is the feeling internally about brock purdy is he the guy is is he is he look like he is ready to be that guy I mean, he, he kind of looks like it. You know, he he looks the part. He, you know, he acts the part. He talks the part, and and I guess more importantly, he plays the part. Um, they liked him. I mean, when they when they drafted him, you know, Kyle Shanahan said, you know, eh, you know he's he's Nick Mullins, you know, and and it wasn't meant as a insult, but it certainly insinuated that there was a very low ceiling. For Brock Purdy, well, once they got him in here, and by the way, Nick Mullins is a, is a fine quarterback. You know, he's a, he's a good backup quarterback. A lot of teams would like to have Nick Mullins. i you know, I'm not. I don't want to disparage <laughs> Nick Mullins, but he's not a guy that you look at as uh, he's a you know he's a starting quarterback in the NFL. And if you get this guy as a starter, you're set. But once Purdy got in, they're like, oh, uh, no, this isn't Nick Mullins. This guy has a stronger arm. Um, he has great pocket presence. He has a calm demeanor about him. Um, he's smart as heck. I mean, he he he's checked all the boxes. I mean, you saw him week eighteen. Um, he's just a. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know how he would be faring on another team where he had to do more. He had to do a lot in college at Iowa State. And he experienced ups and downs there, but you know, had a really good career. Um, but he didn't have the physical tools. He's you know under six foot one. Um, he's obviously not an imposing guy, but man, he's quick. He he can escape the pass rush. He keeps his eyes downfield. He the the great thing that he has going for him is that um, he has great playmakers. Yeah. I mean, all he has to do is just run the offense, which he's done. This is a very complex offense, but he. You know, when he makes a mistake, he makes it once and then he corrects it and then, you know, they move on. So it's difficult for me to say at this point, after watching him play, that they can take him out of the lineup ever. I think he's earned that. And so even though they traded up in the 2021 draft to select Trey Lance and and invested, obviously, a lot of draft capital to get him, I, I just don't know how you can possibly take Brock Purdy off the field because of how well he's played and how well he fits this system. So, yeah. you know, that's a that's a, a big-time question for Kyle Shanahan and how they're going to to deal with this in the offseason. But, I mean, at this point, it's really difficult to imagine anybody other than Brock Purdy leading this team for the long term. That's yeah, been amazing,
0: Matt. Thanks so much for the uh, time and the Thank insight you, today. Always good to check in with you.